The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. Here is our toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Debbie, your dog father, Joey Villani, and ask your questions about your pets. And if you just want to check in, perhaps you're listening on one of our brand new stations like WPCG in Canton, Georgia. Welcome. This Welcome. is since you're new, I'll, I'll introduce you. To my left is Judy Francis. To Hi. my to my right over there is Lori Brooks. Straight ahead, hello. We have Dog Father Joey Volani, and just in the <laughs> break room right now is Doctor Debbie working her way in to answer your questions. Do you hear me now? And uh, Robert Semro just around the corner with five things every dog owner must have. See, I have a hundred things, so I'm sure I've got those I, five covered. I was just going to say that, Judy, and, you know, I moved not too long ago, <laughs> and uh, all my story, I always wanted just one storage cabinet for all dog stuff or all cat stuff, and I'm finding I'm really needing about six. <laughs> See, I'm trying to think of the five things that I would need, and I think, like, patience would be one. <laughs> A no. sense of sense of humor, certainly. Money. A big bed. Yeah, that's another thing. But uh, Robert Simro will have his list coming up in just a few minutes. We're also going to have a guest on today, a young lady who's suffered from bulimia. This is one of those eating disorders. I have an eating disorder. I eat everything, lots of it, and I'm hungry all the time. But she had bulimia, which is pretty serious. What cured her? Dogs. Wow. She'll tell her story coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, what do you got coming up, Lori? Well, there are tons of reasons why we should do the best thing for our pet. But apparently, the people who have pet goldfish are dumping them in rivers and lakes. Oh, I've heard that's a no-no. And it's, yeah, it is. And there are many big problems that result, and we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Uh, it is Labor Day weekend, so hopefully you're out and about and enjoying yourself with your pets, along with Animal Radio. I know Joey Volani is... You're looking good for uh, Labor Day weekend. Do you groom yourself, or do you have someone else groom I'm, you? I'm, I'm all, um, no, I have someone else groom me. Oh, okay. Yes, I don't, I don't, I don't groom myself. We're going to talk about how nutrition could actually affect your dog's coat or cat from matting and and shedding and, you know, all, all that good stuff. You mean like what they eat can make a big difference for their coat? Completely. We, we get dogs in that have so many skin issues and, you know, problems, and a lot of them are food allergies, but they're feeding them kibbles and bits. Yep. Well, listen, you know, some pets, it, it's genetics are fine, and they could do fine on it. Because you'll have people out there saying, my dog eats kibbles and bits, my cat eats kibbles and bits, and, and everything is just fine. And, you know, it's, it's like people. I mean, genetics, but eventually that runs out. And all of a sudden you right. get a dog that has a bad coat and rotten teeth and bad skin and broken nails. It just bothers me that people don't make the connection. Okay, that's with Joey Volani in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Once again, here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Emily. Hi. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing okay. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I'm looking down our <laughs> list of radio stations here. I don't see anything in Wisconsin. How are you listening? Actually, um, I heard your radio actually on a podcast. 
Oh, okay. And, and cool. then um, I listen um, Sunday mornings. You have a live show. I can't remember which radio what station it is. I found it online. Coast in Los Angeles. You know, we have a lot of people that actually do that. They listen to uh, the live broadcast from Coast in Los Angeles from all over the country. So that's that's sure. cool. So sure. how can we help you? I have Dr. Great Debbie and Joey Volani here for you. Yes. Okay. Well, I have a kitten. Well, she's not a kitten. She's my kitten. A cat who's eight years old. And um, we rescued her from the animal shelter when she was a kitten. And um, I call her money bags because... By the time she was a year old, she cost me a thousand dollars. But I love her, so we loved it, loved the life out of her. So, but anyway, about two years ago, she was diagnosed with um, irritable bowel, and it took a lot to figure all this out. Hence, money bags. So anyway, okay. um, so anyway, she um, was. Can I say the name of the cat food? The brand name? Sure. Sure. Okay. So they put her on the Royal Canin GI Response cat food. And then she was still having some, the loose stools and, um, mucusy stools and whatnot. So then they, um, put her on, on the prednisone and she was on 0.4 mils every other day. And that okay. cleared everything up. Things started forming up and life was good again. Um, okay. now though, it seems like, um, she's having the exact opposite problem. I would say about three weeks ago, I noticed that she was not, having a bowel movement every day, and when she did have them, they were just round, dark little marbles. Mm, okay. And so I did take her to the vet, and um, he was able to feel her belly, and he could feel some hard stool in her um, bowel. And um, so he's like, you know, she's a good drinker, but he suggested, let's try some wet cat food. And so that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just using the regular fish friskies because that's what she enjoys. She's having bowel movements daily now, but they're still not normal. They're just real hard and round. And so mm-hmm. I guess my question to you, I don't know where to go from here. I mean, is the fiber response cat food uh, really necessary, or do you think I could gradually um, get her back to um, just the regular, what she was doing before all this happened? She was just on the Purina 1, you know, cat food without all the dyes and whatnot. Um do you think I can okay. go back to a regular cat food? I'm just thinking that the fiber is just too much for her. Okay. Did we get a biopsy to diagnose this? No. So they we did, did a testing by, like, blood and x-rays, that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, we tested a lot of blood. We tested a lot of poo. <laughs> we did antibiotics, prebiotics, um, okay. a lot pancreatic enzymes. So, yeah, there was no actual biopsy. It was just okay. they tried a lot of different things. Okay, because that's an important thing when we, we talk about what treatment methods we're going to use is to really confirm that we have inflammatory bowel disease. That can only be done by a intestinal biopsy. So uh-huh. we're presuming we have inflammatory bowel disease based on symptoms and response to therapy. So um, sometimes I'll go back and say, okay, you know, if the symptoms are changing, um, let's make sure we aren't missing something else. And with a cat with constipation, um, especially if she's been prone to diarrhea, I do like to make sure we don't have some major changes. And a couple things that can contribute to constipation in any cat, regardless of inflammatory bowel disease, um, is arthritis. And it can also be things that dehydrate uh, a cat. So uh, low-grade kidney disease, um, things like diabetes, a dehydration. 
So those things are important. So if they haven't recently done some general blood work and x-rays of the lower back area, I do like to do that because sometimes we'll be surprised and find a kitty that needs to be on some pain medication for arthritis. And that can be something that will stop them from posturing to defecate in a normal time fashion and a normal manner. So that's one thing to look at. Um, but also just to make sure, like I said, that we don't have any condition that's contributing towards dehydration because the colon is where all of the the body's uh, hydration is really can be um, sucked away. So if we have slow colon transit, it means we're sucking more water back from the stool and it's going to hence make it harder to pass those dry stools. So that's something to just, I would encourage you to make sure you've evaluated with your veterinarian as closely as we can. Um, so, um, as far as diet, you know, there are, I do feel that there are a lot of cats that control better with a, um, low protein, or I'm sorry, a, um, a hydrolyzed diet, like a hypoallergenic diet. There are some that do better with, um, low fiber diets or high fiber diets. It really depends on the cat. Um, but I will tell you that it's unlikely that a general food over the counter is going to be a good choice for a cat with inflammatory bowel disease because we need to have some kind of steps to help to control that inflammation in the intestinal tract. And that's what those diets are geared towards. So the limited ingredient diets like kangaroo-based diets or the rabbit-based diets, those are ones that are limited ingredients. So we're trying to limit the antigens that are stimulating uh, the digestive tract, whereas those that are low-fat are kind of different approach. Um, So that might be something is trying a different approach with that. Should I just continue to with the prednisolone um, every other day, even with... The other diet? I, I certainly would because if we're taking away the effect of prednisone while you're making a diet switch, we're going to potentially lose control. And, and I'd hate to take away the medication that's helping to decrease the inflammation even more. So, yeah, now it may be an argument if, um, you know, most cats have inflammatory bowel disease symptoms that are related to the small intestine, but there is a small percentage of cats, about 25%, that actually can have symptoms related to the colon. And when that happens, we see constipation. So it could, this could all be her disease just affecting a different aspect of her digestive tract. So that's why I don't want you to, you know, stop your medicine or, or change the diet and, and really work with your veterinarian to make some of these decisions. I can give you guidelines and recommendations, um, but, but, you know, I can't see your pet, so I can't tell you exactly, you know, where you should be going. Um, but one thing I, one thing I do like to do for helping to make those stools temporarily softer while we're trying to treat the underlying problem is to use Miralax. And for cats, I find it the most effective, um, least offensive uh, uh, laxative that we can give them. And for average kitty, I start at maybe a quarter teaspoon with their food twice a day. And it's easiest if we give it in a canned food because it just dissolves when it hits moisture. And it's tasteless, Um, but there are some pet owners that um, will add it to dry food, and I do it like shake and bake in a little uh, Ziploc bag, and it kind of sticks to the dry food fairly well. But that might be one thing I would try in the meantime, and then uh, you know really make sure that we're not missing anything down there, because the worst thing that can happen is chronic constipation in cats will cause permanent damage. So, and that's another argument why an X-ray is important, because we don't want to get to the point where we're getting so distended that it damages the nerves, because then you'll never get control of it. I would try a little bit of some vet work and a little bit of some uh, laxative there. So it it sounds like money bags needs just a little more money spent for the (laughs) X-ray. And, uh, of course, the Miralax there. Let us know yeah, how this turns out. put her to work. Yes, you really should. Yeah. Let us know how we it turns out. Her. Yeah, you know, I think G 
Judy spent like $6,000 on her dog for legs. And we, yeah. we spent a tremendous amount of money on our animals because we love them. We're just a little bit crazy about them. They make a big difference. They're family members to us, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think my vets or the techs at the vet office think I'm crazy because I'm so obsessed with my cat's bowel habits. But <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I appreciate yeah, your call today. Emily, call us back. Let us know if you have any other questions, and thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. The warm weather is here, and that means dogs are outside getting muddy, smelly, and in need of a bath. Lucy Pet Products shampoos and conditioners are made with natural ingredients. They're available in terrific scents, like apple, blueberry, tropical, coconut, lavender, and even that new puppy smell, with all profits going to help animals in need. Find them at your local pet store and at Petco stores nationwide, or go to LucyPetProducts.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. You're a little bit crazy about your animals. Well, you found the right place and the right, uh, right station, the right show. We're all just a little bit loony about our pets. We definitely spoil them and treat them like they're family members. In fact, I treat my pets but, but better than family we members. We think we're normal, right? We do think we're normal. <laughs> and, yeah. But anybody looking in from the outside would probably say, hey, you know, you know, they love their pets a lot, maybe too much. But I, I think that's okay because, you know, 30 years ago, the dog was in the backyard in a doghouse. And now they're in bed with us, hogging the bed, and oftentimes... Uh, we sleep in weird, awkward positions so that they're comfortable. Yeah, and I do a lot of pet sitting, and people are going to say, I know this is strange, but this is the way I feed my animals. It's like, you know what? Nothing is strange because everybody has a way that they spoil their pets. Oh, absolutely. I've heard it all. Yeah, I'm just going to let you ruminate on that for a second and think about how you spoil your pets. I will tell you, in just a few minutes, Robert Simro with five things every dog owner must have. Oh, I love lists like that. I do love lists. Just starting to scratch my head going, hmm, what could that what be? Yes. I have everything plus, so I'm sure I've got that list covered. Well, we'll see. Okay. I bet you don't. I bet you don't. <laughs> you never know. And then also in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a young lady who suffered from bulimia, which is one of the worst eating disorders. You know, anorexia, bulimia, they, they top a list of diseases and disorders that can actually kill you. And from what I understand, and we'll ask her, she would throw up 20 times a day. Wow. So that can be good for you. What saved her? Well, a dog saved her. In fact, several dogs saved her. And we'll find out her story in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. So you want to stick around for that, especially if you have an eating disorder or any disorder because, you know, animals can be so helpful. Yeah, you know, it's you could be addicted to drugs or suffer from depression just 
many things animals are very helpful. And oftentimes we help them. Yes, Dr. And I I think a lot of times, especially say like, you know, a child that's having, say, a disability, they see an animal with a disability and it does help empower them and see the animal kind of dealing with some of the same struggles. And I think that gives them that kindred bond. So I'm wondering about the the lady with bulimia. Well, you know. A dog with a digestive problem would help heal her and and, uh, want to make that animal well. I think actually she might have a dog with a digestive problem story, so we'll ask her about that. Mm -hmm. I got to say that, uh, you know, animals not only can help us, but we can help them and oftentimes at the same time. So, but uh, this is old news to us, but it may be new news to you. Uh, Speaking of news, Lori Brooks, what do you have coming up? Well, there's uh, some new research out. They did some experiments to find out, does your dog really love you or does he just want that treat that's in your hand? <laughs> Think about it. I mean, don't, I've wondered. Well, you know. We so, were... so scientists set up some situations where the dogs had to choose that treat or the owner. You're not going to tell me that they don't give us unconditional love, that it is conditional. I will tell you, but not right now, Hal. Okay, that's on the way. Stick around for that. I saw this truck driving around, this big yellow truck with ears, cat ears. And I said, what is this? This Apparently, it's the caddy wagon. And we have Amy Gilbreth joining us. She's the Found Animals Executive Director, and it's... I guess she's the brainchild behind this. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? Hello. I'm fantastic. How are you? Very good. I think we had you on in 2011, and you had like a calendar, which was uh, guys with six packs, and they they were holding cats, and you were raising money for your organization. Is that correct? Yes. So the official title of the calendar was Six Packs, Nine Lives. Yes, but I remember. We, uh, we internally refer to it as Hot Men with Cats. Yeah, how could I, I remember it? I, I have. I think I still have a copy of it, even though the, the dates are bad. Well, you guys certainly think out of the box. What is this uh, caddy wagon that looks like a cat? What's that all about? That is all about cats and getting cats adopted in many places uh, in the country. Cats still need more help in animal shelters than dogs, just like back when we were talking about Six Packs, Nine Lives. And so we were looking for a new way to take cat and kitten adoption to the people. Right now it's kitten season, and so we do a, a foster program, and then we have this bumper crop of kittens that need to be adopted. And food trucks are hot, and kittens are amazing, and so we just kind of thought, well, what if we created a food truck style mobile adoption vehicle to take cats and kittens out in the community and the caddy wagon was born my question is when people are want to adopt a kitten they're ready they go to a shelter does this create any kind of impulse adoption where they see you and they see a cat and they're, they're not ready but they just they want it well we say that the kittens sell themselves and that's true and that's true whether we're at a stationary location or on the mobile unit but regardless of where we're at we do a full adoption counseling process with everyone so we ask a lot of questions and uh, we want to make sure that you are ready for a cat and that we know how we can support you in integrating that cat into your household so the adoption counseling is no different on the caddy wagon than it is at our stationary location the caddy wagon which uh, i wish i could i'll hold a picture up to the microphone (laughs) so that people can see what it looks like and it has ears on top which is absolutely adorable is it the only one it's the only one we know of that is a mobile adoption vehicle that is devoted to cats and shaped like a cat of course there are other mobile adoption trucks out there but i've not yet seen one that's painted to look like a giant orange tabby cat complete with (laughs) ears 
and a tail, I might add. It definitely catches your attention. Yeah, people have loved it. And it's got two flaps that swing open. So it's got a flap on the side and a flap on the back. So kind of like where you would walk up to order from a food truck. Um, and that's where the cat kennels are. There's meet and greet areas inside. So you can sit and play with the cat that you're thinking about adopting. How can uh, people tell where it's going to be? Do you have a schedule up on the website? We do. So if you go to cattywagon.org, you can find out all about it. You can see some photos and a video. And you can see our upcoming schedule. Okay, well, I encourage listeners to check out caddywagon.org. And thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also get your fix over at our website at animalradio.pet. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66, on the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Our community sponsors John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Curian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Renegade goldfish have been a problem all over the world, and officials are asking you, Please do not dump your pet goldfish into a lake. It can set off the eco-balance of waterways when a new fish is dumped into a lake or waterway. And it has no natural predators there, so things kind of get out of control. And then those goldfish begin eating plants that the natural fish who are already there need to survive. Researchers say in waterways... Goldfish grow to weigh as much as four pounds. It's likely, yeah, that they were, you know, probably a kid's pet. And, you know, maybe the family was moving. The parents didn't want to take the aquarium, so they just dumped the goldfish into the local wetlands. But it's not a new problem or one that's unique to just Australia. It was uh, just last year the Canadian government put out a plea for pet owners to stop dumping goldfish into local waterways. Remember, goldfish are really a species of carp and they can reach monstrous sizes in the wild and like all carp the domestic goldfish will grow to be as large as its resource and surroundings allow and in the wild goldfish are carnivorous they're bottom feeders and that disrupts sediment and they say that makes it harder for the other fish to eat plus a goldfish in the wild will feed on the eggs of native species and they may also be bringing new diseases to the wildfish population now believe it or not there's more on this goldfish are so incredibly tenacious one of the fish that was tracked in this new australian study that's revealing all of this info to us traveled 
142 miles in the one year that researchers followed it. So no matter where you live, no matter how sentimental you are over your unwanted pet, please do not set it free when it's time to say goodbye. Uh, You know, it's a a sad subject, and if you can't find a new home for it, the researchers who did this study say, check with the pet shop where you bought it, see if they'll take them back. And they add that if you're going to euthanize the pet, if you can't find someone else to take it, to put them in the freezer. They say that's the most humane way. Hmm. Isn't that tragic? I've heard that before. But they're like plants. You know, you put a plant in a bigger pot, it grows bigger. You Mm -hmm. put a fish in a bigger lake, it grows bigger. Can you eat them? Mm -hmm. Can you eat them? Okay, Joey. No, I'm serious. Can you? I don't know. Because you can eat cod. Uh, shut so, off his I mic. Mean, Just shut off his mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a good way to get rid of him. <laughs> they, carp are, they're bottom feeders. I mean, they eat the gunge that's on the bottom, right? I mean, like lobster yeah, is But so do lobsters and feeder. crabs and everything else we like. Did, All right. Didn't I say shut off his Washington, mic? Washington. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Is it off? It's off. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Uh, kidding, Joey. Washington State's insurance commissioner has fined a pet insurance company, American Pet Insurance, which goes under the name True Panion, $150,000 for violating state laws in Washington State. They say most of the violations were related to charging rates that the insurance commissioner did not approve, and that is required by law. But the violations did include a lot of failures to cancel policies in a timely manner after a pet's death, after a customer also no longer owned a pet, and when the pet owner had canceled the policy, they were apparently failing to cancel those policies. And in an experiment further investigating the relationship between humans and dogs, researchers wanted to find out if it is a true bond or is it a love of food, you know, those treats we give them. They found most dogs anticipate the praise of their owner as much, if not more, than a food reward. You remember, you know, a century ago, psychologist Ivan Pavlov had trained dogs. You know all about that, Pavlov's dogs. But now, in this new research published in the journal Social Cognitive and Effective Neuroscience, Boy, that is way over my head. It uh, suggests that dogs aren't so single-minded as Pavlov thought. Now, the scientists began their experiment by training dogs to associate three different objects with three different rewards. There was a pink toy truck with food. So if the dog chose the pink toy truck, then they got food. A blue toy, which was a knight, was associated with verbal praise. And a hairbrush was associated with nothing or no reward. Now, over the course of the 32 trials they did, 13 dogs were presented with the three objects, and all dogs preferred a reward to none at all. They say four dogs showed a particularly strong response to the blue toy, which got them praise. While, eh, you probably thought this too, nine dogs the most responded equally to the two types of rewards, and only two consistently were more excited about the food reward. Now, they did a second experiment to kind of test this first one, where researchers allowed dogs to follow one or two simple mazes, 
One leading to the owner, the other simple maze led to a bowl of food. Owners sat with their backs turned and then praised their dog when he or she arrived. Now, the findings in the second experiment pretty much mimicked the first. Most of the dogs alternated between loving the food or loving the owner, but the dogs with the strongest brain response to praise, they chose their owners 80 to 90% of the time. Mm. And that shows the importance of social reward and the need for us to give praise to our dogs. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. And let's head back to the phones. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. Who's this? This is Sherry from Oregon. Hey, Sherry. How are you doing? Well, I have three little dogs, uh, two chihuahuas and a Yorkie. They're all females, and um, they get along really good for the most part, but every once in a while they really get into it. I mean, the teeth showing and everything, and I'm just kind of wondering if I should break that up or leave them alone and let them figure out what they need to figure out. Well, it kind of depends here. So what are the squabbles over? Do you know? Usually it's a toy, um, and they have certain places on the bed where they lay, and if one of them gets in the other one's place, especially at nighttime in the middle of the night, if one of them gets in the other one's place and they go to get back in there after they've gone out and potty, then they get mad at each other like that's my spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, should you break up fighting dogs? You know what? My opinion is I would rather them talk it out than them fight it out. So your okay. job is to actually anticipate what is going to set them off and what are the problematic areas. So it's far better to not allow it to escalate to the point where we could actually have an injury. Now, okay. if they're talking it out, they might, you know, non-verbally, they might give each other a look, there might be a little grumble, and it should cease there. So there should always be a point where dogs defer to another one. So, hey, that's your favorite spot. Okay, I got it. Um, that's your favorite toy. Okay, cool. And if they don't, then we don't want to yell at them. We don't want to scream, say, hey, stop that, um, because that mm-hmm. can actually make their anxiety worse in those situations. But that's where you can help to try to direct their behavior. Um, so if there is a particular toy, making sure that that is separate where we won't have a squabble over that. Um, if okay. coming in the back door means they're going to have a spot that they're going to all go running for and jump, then we control their entry and maybe separate them so that we don't mm-hmm. have those, um, those squabbles. But a lot of this also depends on you being the leader in the household and um, making sure that they understand that, hey, when mom's around, we don't have to fight because everything's all figured out. So a lot of times I find that um, dogs will tend to fight you know, over attention for the, the family members, um, you know, sitting on laps, things like that, sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. So that that's, goes back to where you just need to make sure that each and every one of them understand that you got it, you're in charge, and yeah, they the all rules. Have, they all have their space on mom's lap. It is hilarious. And they don't oh. really fight over that. But, you know, Good. people say that, well, I don't, I'd say that when I say people, that dogs can't get jealous. And I believe that they can. <laughs> well, they they definitely have the things that, that are important to them, whereas another dog might not have something that's important to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but I, I would have to say that um, you know these particular things, items, uh, spots. Um, it's really important to recognize that when this is happening, and we want to 
make sure we don't yell at someone who's um, doing the right thing in the right situation. So, you know, if you've got one dog that's already lying on a spot and the other dog, it's her favorite spot. She really wants up there and she growls or snaps. That is not an appropriate response. So no matter whose favorite spot is, we don't want to reinforce the dog that is acting inappropriately or aggressively. So it doesn't matter whose favorite spot is. If you're growling and snapping and acting a fool, that is not appropriate, and you're not going to get what you want. Um, So then you would remove that dog out of the situation, you know, not as a form of punishment, but just as a way Mm -hmm. to diffuse the situation. So it it is a little bit dependent, and sometimes these are hard things to answer without kind of being there and seeing it because we might say, oh, well, that's Fancy's favorite spot. Don't do that. Um, Right, right. But, uh, you know, if Fancy is baring teeth and snapping or growling or got her ears back, it doesn't even have to be all verbal. So that's where you would need to really watch their ears, their eye motions, um, that kind of well, thing. I've never moved one dog, even though it was her favorite spot and the other dog was in it. I've never moved the dog that was in it. So that I don't do. Is that okay? To some degree. But that's, again, where if one dog says, hey, I'm uncomfortable with what you're doing and the other dog doesn't back down or just doesn't take that cue appropriately, that's when you're going to have problems. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. The toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds for your calls. Uh, But first, we're going to visit with Susan Sims, who's just getting ready to head out on tour for the 8th Annual Get Your Licks on Route 66 Tour. You know what? We just we get so excited that we don't know how tired we are until until we get back. And then we just fall over. And then you say, I'm not going to do it again next year. (laughs) Oh, you know, really? We don't because it's the most fun anyone could ever have to be able to go across country and do this every year. We're just so lucky. And, of course, as the name implies, they'll be all along Route 66 adopting out and finding forever homes for lots of dogs, maybe cats, too. Yeah, we're an equal uh, opportunity animal placement service. We uh, do adopt out a lot of cats, and because Fido Friendly um, is in the name of all, all that, they, they think, do you have anything for cats? And luckily, we have great sponsors this year that provide anywhere from Dog toys, treats, shampoo, and cat food. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I would be remiss if I didn't start with Animal Radio, who's been the wonderful media sponsor uh, with us since the beginning. So without you guys to get the word out, I don't really think that we'd be able to do this. So thank you for that. You're well, of course. Welcome. Our, our pressure. 
Yeah, and then we have Sprinter Rentals, who's providing us with a huge Sprinter. So this allows us to bring our two rescue hounds, Junior and Jake, with us, and and uh, we put them in their crates, and they go to dog daycare while we're working these events. And uh, they probably have the most fun, to tell you the truth, sure. because they get to play in bone-shaped swimming pools, and we pick them up, and they don't even want to come with us. But <laughs> Many of these sponsors are, are providing prizes, and when you go out, you set up with a big spinning wheel, and you could win prizes. So it's just a lot of fun. Even if you're not planning to adopt that day, it's just a lot of fun to come out and meet Susan and the whole gang on the annual, eighth annual Get Your Licks on Route 66 tour. Now, this Friday, you're going to be at the Riverside Animal Shelter in Riverside, California from 11 to 3. Is that correct? That that is correct. So that's where we start every year. And then um, the next day in L.A., we're really thrilled to have, once again, uh, if folks are familiar with Brandon McMillan, he's he's our uh, spokesperson. He's the Daytime Emmy Award-winning TV host of the weekly CBA series, Lucky Dog. Oh, yeah. So he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be there. He's going to sign autographs. He's going to answer questions for first-time adopters who are bringing home their new dog or cat. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And that's going to be Saturday? Saturday from 10 to four and that's at the east valley animal shelter all the information up at the website what is the uh, website well we're directing everyone to vital friendly this year and just click on our badge it seems to work a little better and it'll say get your looks on route 66 and you click on that and it'll take you uh to that spot, then it'll show you where we're going to be, what time, and all through the tour, all 15 events will be listed. Wow, 15 stops, okay, and phytofriendly.com is the place to go to find out where they're going to be in your city along Route 66, and we'll talk to you again pretty soon, huh? Well, I sure hope so. Thanks again, you guys. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Karen. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Where are you? Las Vegas. Beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Put 50 on red for me. Oh, uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> You're on with Dr. Debbie. What's going on with you today? Hey, I have a question. I have two Dalmatians, and they both snore. One of them really heavily <laughs> snores. Louder than your husband? <laughs> uh, no. Wow. Oh. <laughs> couple, couple decibels lower. Yeah. Um, is it possible that dogs can have sleep apnea? And how, oh, yeah, sure. How would you know? Well, that's kind of the challenging thing. Now, some dogs, it's very apparent, um, and the breed that I'm going to pick out is the uh, English Bulldog. And those dogs, they're not blessed with good airways, and they have trouble breathing even when they're awake. But we can see particularly with bulldogs and other breeds that really have the squishy faces that they can have airway obstruction when they're awake or even more so when they're sleeping. And what it kind of looks like if, if they're having a problem is basically you'll see the breathing stop. And they may have a very deep kind of intake of breath after that and sometimes the kicking or moving or there's a lot of uh they get poor sleep just like people uh, who have sleep apnea as well so Uh now a dalmatian i don't know if i could necessarily make the case for sleep apnea i'd have to have maybe some other factors or um some you know other kind of upper airway problems to be a significant problem Are, are you seeing something you're concerned with there well, no, he just snores so loudly. I'm, I'm just <laughs> wanting to know if there's something specific that I should look for. Just, 
And if there, if I thought there was a problem, would there be anything possible to do about it? Mm. What about the snore yeah. stop stuff that we have for animals? Does that work? <laughs> no, seriously. I have a box of snore stop for pets over here. Have you heard of it, but, Doctor? You know what? I've heard of it. I have not heard of anyone using it. So I would be interested in a scientific study to look oh. at that. Yeah. Well, maybe we could send you some, Karen. You have Snore Stop? I have Snore Stop for pets. Believe it or not, there's two different varieties. One is a, uh, looks like one has a, an applicator for the nose, and it looks like another one is a pill. And they're designed for pets. They're made by the same company that makes the Snore Stop for humans. And I'd like to send some to you, and you can test it and tell us if it works for you. I'd be interested. Okay. Well, I'm going to finish answering that question, though, Hal. I'm sorry. I um, just like to butt it. I, I, he me. does this all the time. But but you ask, how do you know if there's a problem? And, and really, if you're seeing problems where maybe you're hearing loud breathing, um, you know, a dog that snores heavily, catches their breath a lot, the, the thing to do is really talk to your veterinarian, and we'd, we'd look at getting an airway exam. And that might mean a little bit of sedation, a little bit of anesthesia, so we could look down the throat and see if there's some concerns that might be present. But there are some conditions that... That can warrant surgery. Um, some conditions, uh, weight loss would be in order to help with uh, snoring in people and in animals. Um, but those would be the ways that we'd really know. But if it was something that got you concerned enough that you felt you saw your pet not breathing well, then it's important enough to mention and you know have that checked out when you go to the vet. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And let us not forget you. You're the most important part of this show. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. Yeah, you looking down at your radio, you have questions about your cat or your dog, your iguana, your flamingo. Or your monkey. I, I just saw today that they're selling monkeys in the U.S. I don't that know. That can't what, be right. I, it's apparently they're doing they do. this in, in Florida. They, really? Well, they sell them through some pet stores, yeah. And uh, I, I, I will go across. I don't cross the line, and I don't treat monkeys. So. Which is strange, because you're in Vegas, and I would think there'd be a lot, a lot of monkeys there. You know, there are, and we actually get calls all the time. But monkeys, you know, for me, anything that can give me hepatitis or give me a near-human bite just kind of creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> or anything that can throw its own poop. Yeah. Uh, that is true, yeah, yeah. And their eyes are so human-like. It just... Uh, very interesting. Well, you know, uh, I don't, I don't personally think anybody should own monkeys because they are so very human-like. But uh, you know what? We don't own our animals anyway. They own us. We're just guardians for the most part. We're and slaves. Like that. I don't know if you have the five things every dog owner must have, but in just a few minutes, Robert Semro will tell us what those five things every dog owner must have. As I mentioned last hour, I think a sense of humor is one thing that must have. <laughs> Certainly. Pet insurance? Yeah, there you go. Pet insurance. How many of your clients actually have insurance, Dr. Debbie? 
you know, I think we're probably up to maybe 15%, but not really many. Um, it's still, I think a lot of folks, it's something that they have challenges budgeting for. Um, but boy, those that do have it, oh, it can pay off in so much when, especially when the payouts are at 80% or 90% of their total bill. It really makes things So you more would affordable. advocate for that. I, I do for like that major medical kind of policy. I do feel that, um, I, I've seen it save animals lives when families would have no other option available. And especially with some of the companies that actually have pre-approvals so that you can know at the moment before you tell the doctor, go ahead and do this surgery. Um, my insurance company said that they will cover X amount of this and I have the balance I can pay for whatever that amount is. So that can be really, um, very empowering to provide the level of care that you want. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, I was thinking like 10 years ago, it was like unheard of to have insurance. And I got to, I'll be honest, I I don't have insurance. I don't. But I do have a savings account and I do have, uh, it's an interest bearing savings account. And if I need to something, God forbid, cataclysmic illness or whatever, I think I could pretty much cover it if I needed to and probably would. But not everybody has that luxury to put anything mm-hmm. into a savings account. Of course, I eat ramen all the time. That's the only reason that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you just adopt a dog, say from a shelter or a rescue, and it's, you know, six years old, eight years old, can you still get insurance on it? Yeah, you sure can. It's just, if you get insurance when they're puppies, the, the premiums are far cheaper and you get in before they have pre-existing conditions. So as you get a, a mature dog, there may be more likely that there's a pre-existing condition. So if you get a new one, you usually just, there's like a health uh, checkoff list or a statement the veterinarian does to say what's present at the time you got the dog. And, uh, those things might not be covered. Say, you know, if it had a, eye condition or a bad hip at that point. Um, but anything from there forward would be. I, I just always figured that they would say, oh, it's a bulldog, you know. Oh, well, bulldog rates, you just, you picked the yeah. most expensive. You got the Cadillac or the, it's actually more the Ferrari, I should say. So <laughs> no, it's if you're, or the Volkswagen. Is there a particular dog that is cheaper than other dogs as far as medical expenses and probably insurance? I, you know, I don't know that there's any one dog you're not going to have some potential genetic risk. There's going to be always something that each breed is prone for. But I will say that large breed dogs, um, when they do need medications, it's a lot of those are dosed on their weight. And you're going to find you're paying out more for medications for a large or a giant breed dog than maybe for a, um, you know, a smaller or mid-sized dog. And then there are those breeds that are just kind of money pits, like the, <laughs> the English Bulldogs, Sharpays, mm-hmm. um, where we have a lot lot of kind of expected things from skin to ears to respiratory problems um, that that we were going to expect. Um, but I, I can't say there's any one breed that I'd say, oh, is going to be your best cheap bet. A good mongrel, perhaps, might be the best thing. <laughs> okay, uh, let's. Uh, what, what's coming up in the news? What do we have coming up in the news, Lori? Well, we're going to talk about um, presidential. We can't talk about, you know, politics here. Okay. But presidential pet toys for your dog or for your cat. So, say you're a big Donald fan and your friend hates him, you can give her the Hillary toy, whatever, you know. Or if you're uh, you're uh, not a Donald fan, you can have your dog chew on one of the uh, Donald toys, right? (laughs) Yes, on his fuzzy hair. Yeah. And Hillary wears pantsuits on these toys, too. (laughs) Of course. They're just fun. I mean, it's it's this time of year. I I think it's appropriate. Yeah, we need a little levity with this whole... uh, 
election thing going on. Anyway, uh, that's on the way in just a few minutes. Let's go to your calls first. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Well, hello, Angelica. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? From Cambridge, Ohio. I hear it in, I hear it in your voice. I hear it in your accent. No, no, no. My accent's from New York. Yeah. I was raised in New York. <laughs> I was raised in New York, but now I've been here about three years. Well, welcome to Animal Radio. I have the Dream Team here to answer your questions. What's going on? Okay. I have a dog. It's Mastiff, and uh, it looks like a lab. First, I said it was Mastiff and something, but it's, for me, it's Mastiff and lab, okay? She's about, she's going to be three years old now in December. And the thing is, she's a very good dog, but whenever, like, if she knows people and they come to my house, she sits down and squats. She wants to pee. It's mm, like, I don't okay. know if it's because she's excited, but it happens all, all, all the time. You can't talk to her. You just walk in the door and you ignore her. It's okay. But if you say, like, good girl, Lulu, whatever, she starts peeing all over the house. Okay. And uh, does she? And you said she does not have accidents at other times? No, never. Never. Okay. She doesn't pee. She can be all night, and she doesn't do anything inside. Well, Angelica, you are brilliant because you've already started the whole steps of therapy on how we address this <laughs> by not looking at her, not talking to her. So what you're describing, we can have a couple different scenarios going on. Um, one would be what we call submissive urination. Um, the other is excitement urination. And the difference is the motivation, but they're very similar in how they display. Um, a submissive urination uh, behavior is a dog who is just... Um, uh, is feels lower on the totem pole and is being it's a doggy language that they're doing when they squat and they urinate it's a way to say hey you're the boss it's cool everything's great <laughs> then the, then there's the other dogs that are doing it out of excitement and I kind of make that the equivalent of okay I was a kid and my grandpa liked to tickle me and I would say don't tickle me because I'm gonna pee and I was an excitement tickler peer. <laughs> so, so it's kind of the same thing. So if it's uh, mostly excitement and she's not necessarily being submissive in other ways with these individuals, I'm going to bet she's probably more excited than anything else. So, yes, the steps that we do to try to address this are to really not give her things that are going to trigger that excitement. And that may be making eye contact. So we're going to not look her in the eye. It may be ignoring her for five to ten minutes. And, and a dog that does this, every time you come into the house, I recommend not speaking to them and not really even recognizing them. Just going about putting your purse down, your keys down, all that, and ignoring them. And then the other thing that we really work on is um, making sure that we have the opportunity to get her outside as soon as either you get home or right before you anticipate someone's coming in. Because making sure we got an empty bladder is, you know, setting her setting her up to be successful, uh, not to have a failure there in that situation. And then, yeah, but I've done that. I've done that. She's just come from outside. She did everything she wants to do, but it doesn't matter. She could just be out when I bring her in. Anybody that pays attention to her or they just like pat her on, she gets all and she sits and she squats. You need to train your, your guests a little better, I'm going to say, <laughs> because if we, if we know what triggers it, then I would just tell people, hey, my dog is just a peer. Please don't talk to her. Don't look at her in the first few minutes and set her up to be successful. Um, let's not get upset that this is happening. We have to make steps to try to fix it and try to avoid those triggers. Now, the next step from there goes into more behavioral modification. So we want to work on teaching her how to be quiet and calm 
without getting all goofy. And that may be teaching her a command like the down command on a pillow um, or in a dog kennel. And you can teach a dog to do this without being locked up, you know, against their will. But by telling them, go to your kennel or go to pillow and then rewarding her. And doing this when people are in excitement, exciting things aren't going on. So we want to practice that and teach her, okay, you're going to get a treat when you're quiet and calm and not dancing around, wagging your tail, hip-hopping in the air. And then once you repeat that skill over and over, then once we get to where there's people coming in, we can practice that, get her into a down stay before the people enter the door. Tell them, you know, hey, you know, don't ring the bell, just come on in, I'm ready, and my dog's in a down stay. (laughs) And then give her a treat. Uh, but I, I I feel bad, you know, people don't, I don't want to tell everybody, like, know my dog for 10 minutes, you know. I tell my sister that, my son-in-law, I tell him, just don't look at it, don't look at her, just ignore yeah. her. And, and you're right, it happens. Yeah. And the most important thing that, you know, we we didn't talk about is we you should never punish a dog for this behavior. Oh, no, 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 I don't so, do No, 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 we don't Yeah, do yelling or, you know, getting excited and saying, oh, don't do that, it gets them more anxious yeah. and it, it actually further perpetuates it. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, anyway, yeah. thank you very much. Thanks for listening, Angelica. We tr- truly appreciate it. And uh, you're listening on, are you listening on uh, WBPS there in Cambridge? Believe it's it. 109. Yes. 109, um... That, yeah, where they have all the oldies, like, from yeah, my time. That's why I like it. From well, our time, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Hope to hear from you once again. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. So i got to ask you, Doctor, you said it was your mm-hmm. uncle or your dad that would tickle you? and you would. I, well, my, my grandpa and my dad would grandpa. both do that, yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you ever actually pee? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I, I would, and I would say, please don't, you know, it's fun, all fun and games, but you know when it's going to get out of hand and you're going to lose control. And have, yeah. have you outgrown that? Um, I, You know, I don't really test that hypothesis anymore. <laughs> I kind of like keep people, I'm very foot ticklish, so I just don't go there and let people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand. Okay, so if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. If you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Well, happy Labor Day weekend to you. I hope you and your animals are out enjoying the beautiful weather we're having across most of the country right now. And you have Animal Radio with you. And if you have questions, the toll-free number is 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Dog Father Joey Villani. And in just a couple of minutes, what we've been promising you for the last couple of hours, a young lady who suffered from bulimia, a terrible, terrible eating disorder. If you don't know what that is, uh, she she would eat and then she would throw up because I guess she felt conscious about her weight. I don't know. I I, I don't know what the psychology is. They think they're fat. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, anyway, it's a horrible eating disorder. And 
apparently she she's tried just about everything gone to therapists just all kinds of rehabs rehab, yeah but nothing worked until she met some dogs mm-hmm. and that changed her life and she changed her life with those dogs and we'll talk to her in just a couple of minutes right here on animal radio uh, if you want to ask your questions, don't forget you can also ask from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and visit us over at animalradio.pet. I'm looking over at Lori Brooks. It's so quiet in the newsroom today. You know, it is. I, I did the, the big shuffle with, I mean, really relocating four dogs three times to find uh, the quietest mix today. Oh. <laughs> and and that, that's, that's miss, Lucy down there. We miss it. What about yeah. uh, su- Sunday? Sunday gone? Sunday is Sunday is okay. sleeping. That's why it's so and, quiet. Um, Sunday yeah. was the noisy one. <laughs> <laughs> she was very noisy. <laughs> so what are you working on today? I think, oh, let's see. Today, pet sitters. How do you decide you want to be a pet sitter? They've done a survey on it, and we'll tell you what they said. How did you decide, Judy, you wanted to be a pet sitter? You know, I just kind of fell into it. I met an elderly neighbor who uh, had two pugs that she could no longer walk because she had back surgery, and she asked me if I would do it. So I thought, well, sure, I guess I never thought about it. And then I started doing it, and then other neighbors saw me and asked me if I'd walk their dogs, and other neighbors saw me and said, hey, you know, do you come in and feed? And I thought, God, there's just such a big need for it. Maybe this is something I should do. So it was sort of a, a hobby that turned into a business for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't set out to be a pet sitter. I didn't sit down and say, "Okay, let let me draw up a plan. This is what I'm going to do." It just kind of happened. Wow! And I, I it's very profitable. I'm very successful at it. Yeah, it's it's working very well for me. I noticed that you used to stay here the whole day uh, producing <laughs> the show, but now you you hop out as soon as the show is over. Run and out to do some jobs and drive dogs around and drive dogs around yeah yeah that's the one i, I got to get out of here after the show today and go drive a dog around not walk it but drive it around i drive a taxi yeah drive it around he can walk somebody pays you to drive their dog around yeah and actually and i get to drive their car and it's out on ranches so i go by i see bulls i see horses a lot of deer a lot of baby deer yeah why and, why aren't you oh, walking the dog cool. Well, he's he's a big lab mix. He's close to 70, 80 pounds, and he doesn't like to go home. So the times I've gotten him out walking, he stops and lays down. Puts on the brakes. And, and I can't get him back home. Oh. And she told me before, tie him up to a tree and go, go run back home and get the car. I thought, this is ridiculous. i got to run all the way back to the house, her house, get the car, drive all the way back. And I don't like leaving him tied up there alone. I'm so afraid he could back out of his leash and... You know, I, I can't see him, so it really bothered me. So now I just get over there and I put him in the car and drive him around. He sticks his head out the window and he's happy. <laughs> and we come back and he goes right back into his his big kennel. Wow, so. that's quite a job. I bet you see some of the strangest things. Oh, I could tell you some stories. I bet me, you could. Yeah, I bet you could. Yeah. But not now. Okay. Put it in a book. Okay. Make That'll millions. be my book. Yeah, okay. there you go. Okay, so if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. So download that puppy now from the appropriate place, like the Google Store. Uh, what is it, Google Play or the iTunes App Store? I don't know. There's so many things out there these days. Who can keep up? Just type in Animal Radio and you can get it. It's a free download, and you can ask your questions right from the app. Plus, if there's 
ever a recall or news that's uh, important that you need to know, you'll get that right on the app, too. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. Hey, you want to adopt a hardworking dog? Well, the TSA has a program. It's for dogs that didn't quite make the cut as bomb sniffers. The one I've got couldn't tell this show was a bomb. They deserve each other. Even some that are recently retired. They have German shorthair pointers, Labrador retrievers, German shepherds, and Belgian Malinois. They range in age from 2 to 10 years old. All you have to do is travel to San Antonio, Texas, and you can pick your new best friend up. To find out more, email canine at ole.tsa.dhs.gov. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. To see Lacey, the American Bulldog mix now, you'd never guess that behavioral problems landed her on death row at the animal shelter. But thanks to Mixed Up Mutts, a nonprofit dog rescue organization founded by Chris and Sarah Stevens, Lacey was sent to prison to be trained by inmates in a pet obedience program called Prison Tales. Prison Tales pairs two inmates with a hard-to-handle dog for an intensive 12-week training program aimed at making an unadoptable dog adoptable. And it's working. Lindy Getz of Mongo, Indiana, who heads up the program, says it's a win-win situation. The animal benefits, the inmate benefits, the institution benefits, and the adopting family gets a well-trained pet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hi, I'm Paul. I used to ask if you could hear me now with Verizon, but I switched to Sprint. Sprint's network reliability is now within 1% of Verizon. Plus, Sprint changed the game again with their new unlimited data plan that gives you the freedom to do whatever. Wow, unlimited data? Yep. I'd watch dog videos, cat videos, dogs with cats videos, no overages, no worries. People seem pretty excited. Ooh, and I play puzzle games and candy things and text, ping, post, snap, tweet, I am DM. Hashtag best unlimited on the planet. Can you hear that? So, switch to Sprint's unlimited freedom plan. Get unlimited mobile optimized streaming videos, gaming, music, and data for $60 a month. Live your life unlimited. Live free. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash freedom, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Coverage and offer not every for discounted phone subject to credit and $30 activation fee. Exclusive access surcharges roaming and premium content. Streaming may be mobile optimized with video up to 480p and music up to 500 kilobytes per second. Games limited up to 2 megabytes per second. Prohibited network use rules apply and data deprioritization during congestion. Reliability claim based on third-party data restrictions apply. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A man in Florida is warning pet owners about a poisonous plant after his nine-month-old puppy died from eating seeds of that plant. The puppy was a nine-month-old boxer mix, pit bull boxer mix. Her name was Zeta. She ate a seed from a sago palm. That's right, just a seed. Now, many seeds and nuts can be, you know, plants too, of course, can be poisonous to dogs. And the seeds from the sago palm really have long time forever been on the list of the worst toxic offenders to dogs. So it must have been horrific for this man. He said that his dog, Zeta, was salivating, bloated, her eyes turned yellow, and then he, of course, immediately took her to the vet, but she passed away 
two days later. Now, Zeta was not the only dog this has happened to. More than 14,000 dogs have been poisoned by sago palms, and 34 dogs have died after eating parts from them during just the past 10 years. That according to the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Now, of course, these poisonous palms are, are found everywhere, especially, you know, in the warmer places, and yards, front yards, backyards, stores, nurseries, they sell them. But the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, did you know this, does not require warning labels on plants. And sago palms, by the way, are not the only plants that pet parents should be worried about. Here are some of the other very poisonous plants. If your dog ingests them, you need to get them to a vet immediately. Foxglove or digitalis. Uh, tulips, would you believe? Azaleas, which is a, a bush, a little shrub. Oleanders, very popular out west. Daffodils, which are grown all over the place. They're a bulb. And then the house plants, Diefenbachia, Cyclamen, and Amaryllis. Amaryllis can be grown outside in warmer areas, but any of those plants can do great harm to your dog. There are new ways that, uh, you know, pet products come on the market, and for one reason or another, some of them just really stand out and catch our eye, and they're so fascinating for some reason that we just want to share them with you, like the poop transporter from Hank's Dog Stuff. (laughs) It's pretty much a a no-touch-anything-that-has-touched-poop-before device. You got that? Mm -hmm. The transporter springs open with just the touch of a toggle, which allows you to drop in poop bags. Now, after your walk, when you've collected your piles, all you do is push the toggle and the transporter opens, dumping the waste in a trash can. Now, I've seen this, and I have to tell you, if you have a Dyson vacuum cleaner, it's kind of like that. You know how you take the canister off the middle part, you you know, pull open that little toggle thing, uh-huh. and the bottom just opens and everything dumps out. Same kind of thing. The cool thing, another cool thing, is that the transporter is made of odor-resistant ripstop nylon and is available in 10 colors, my friends. So if you, the color of your poop picker-upper is really important to you, they've probably got you covered on this. It's also washable, attaches to any leash handle, and has a pocket that holds standard size rolls of poop pickup bags. Now, apparently, kids don't say, when I grow up, I want to be a pet sitter. Now, how do we know that? Well, Pet Sitters International, or PSI for short, has conducted a survey of its professional pet sitters. And that survey found only 3% of its members pursued pet sitting as a first career choice immediately following high school or college. Now, while 40% of its members, they say, decided to start a professional pet sitting business after they retired or were laid off, but most of the group's members... 58% of them actually chose to leave another career in order to open their own professional pet-sitting business, likely after getting fed up at the office about something. I can picture that happening. (laughs) Really, can't you? Well, isn't that what Judy Judy did that? She she got sick and tired and fed up with everything going on here at Animal Radio. so I'm doing pet-sitting. Gets me out of here. She's doing both now. It's actually pretty (laughs) profitable for you, isn't it? It's very profitable. I I was amazed. yeah. I think if you're good at it, then it would be very profitable. I'm because surprised. Because word of mouth, you know, we're so passionate about our pets. 
You'd be surprised. I have about six, seven clients that are regulars that I have their keys. So they call me up anytime they need me, and I already have houses, keys to their houses. Plus, you have some like crazy jobs, too, like what one where you have to drive a dog around. Is that correct? Yeah. You take it for a drive. <laughs> I drive it around. And catching chickens and all kinds. Boy, catching you should write chickens. a book. I'm yeah, I've you. had to try to catch a backyard chicken. And, uh, yeah. What is wrong with this? I had to take Roro for a ride in the car today to get him out of the backyard. Yeah. yeah. And we do this, right? Yep, yep. Yes, we do. We love those animals. <laughs> yeah. The craziness is everywhere, though, truthfully. And, uh, you know, since the Olympics have been over and we're back to watching whatever it is on TV, news or whatever, chances are you've had your fill of the upcoming presidential election and its candidates. Or maybe you can't get enough of your own candidate, but you can't stand the other. For whatever reason, though... This might be fun for you and your pet. We're talking about the presidential parody Pet Toys by Fuzu. Now, they're still carrying the Bernie toy because, you know, he had hung in there for so long. And uh, all of the toys are available in sizes both for dogs or cats. The Donald toy sports a golden tan and quashed uh, plush hair. It's, you know, fake fur. Just like the Donald. (laughs) I I did not say that. No, I I said that. The Hillary toy wears a red pantsuit. And also, if you can't get enough of that, BarkShop.com also has some political toys. A Donald pet toy, which is called the Dognold. But you will never hear the Dognold squeak, because Donald would say squeaking is for wimps. So when chewed, the Dognold toy grunts. That's on BarkShop.com. And the other BarkShop.com toy is a Hillary version of a dog toy, and her name is Hillary Kitten. <laughs> They're 16 bucks each. <laughs> so uh, I'd love to have, have my dog chewing on that, yeah. the, the Donald Trump. To give a toy like that, you know, housewarming gift for somebody in, you know, October, November when we're getting really close to the election and you've, you've got a rivalry going with a friend of yours or something, it would be fun. So I'm going to buy a lot of one of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Like I say, hold Tiggers up to the microphone so that they, they can see what optimal health looks like. Learn more over at Red Barn Inc. And thank you so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Valerie. How are you doing? We have two pups, Olive and Louie, and actually they're with us now. We're on a road trip, 16 hours, heading to the Midwest. Wow. And we have issues with the, uh, especially the, the male pug with their anal glands. And we've tried putting bran flakes and corn flakes in their food, um, and that did not work. And additionally, we drained his glands uh, 24 hours before we left. And shortly into our trip, uh, we had issues again with his anal glands. I'm wondering if you have any recommendations. Okay, what a pleasant topic here, anal glands. <laughs> anal glands and cornflakes corn go together. <laughs> so when you're, say, when you're saying they're having problems with their glands, what are they doing? Are they having uh, infections? Are they scooting? What type of issues? No, uh, he, he doesn't even know that it's happening, but he leaks. And it's, uh, oh. it's just, it, it mm. smells. And it makes it, oh, yeah. um, for the, and when you have it in the car, we can instantly smell it. So we are traveling now with towels on our lap. Um, oh. And I was just wondering 
you know, what is it more than we can do? Because within 24 hours, um, I don't know if they fill back up again, and I don't know how fast they fill back up. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you, you're dealing with pugs, and pugs and anal glands are huge problems. There's certain breeds where we do see more issues with anal glands, not necessarily always infections, but just a lot of buildup. And pugs, beagles, basset hounds, those tend to be on my top list of the top three that, you know, we really see a lot of frequent anal gland emptying. And that's one thing that I would start as part of the treatment for a pet that has a problem with a lot of buildup is to express those sometimes even monthly. And when they're expressed, I'm definitely all for having them done with a a veterinarian or someone who feels comfortable doing the full rectal exam and emptying those glands out because it's very easy to leave some behind if we're just doing the external kind of squeeze on those glands. Um, But, you know, there's there's some situations where beyond just this normal buildup, that and you mentioned fiber and fiber for some people we believe maybe helps and to keep the stool bulk up so that these glands get emptied as they're poo-pooing and um, you know I don't know that it's necessarily scientifically proven but everyone likes to try it and add in things like metamucil or extra sources of dietary fiber um, you know some dogs actually can have some allergies like food allergies which can contribute to anal sacculitis which is the infection or inflammation, if I can get my L's out there, um, of of those glands. So uh, sometimes I will actually put a pet on a hypoallergenic diet, and that can help remedy some of the frequency of problems with those glands. And then, you know, I guess the other thing is that if you've tried a lot of those remedies and you've gone down that road and you're expressing these glands and they're leaking no matter what you're doing, um, there is a surgery to remove those. It would be probably my last choice unless you know we really had a uh, a proven problem that we can't correct with any other means but for some dogs especially those just those leakers um it may be something you really want to talk to your vet about excellent well thank you so much thanks valerie we wish you the best of luck with your travels across the country you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Welcome to The Mess. Here's today's great dog story. You're going to love this. Olivia Sievers is a flight attendant that flies a lot, from Germany to Argentina. She spotted a stray dog outside of her hotel in Buenos Aires. She was drawn to him, spent a couple of minutes, and then thought nothing about it. But every time she came into town, the dog appeared to be waiting for her and would follow her around wherever she went. Looks like this dog knew who he wanted. Anyway, she arranged for him to be taken to a shelter and adopted. Some folks did adopt him, but the dog escaped the home and went back to the hotel. So Olivia decided she would adopt the dog and take him back home. You know, some dogs and people are just magical. This is Animal Radio, baby. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. On the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. <coughs> Our community sponsors, John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Curian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride, while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to get your licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend. 
For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. The number is 1-866-405-8405. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. But first, we're going to visit with Shannon Cobb. She has written a book called Pound for Pound. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, of course. Now, you had a bulimia problem, is that correct? Yes, for about eight years. Explain to listeners what that is. Um, Well, I started struggling with an eating disorder at age 16. Addiction and eating disorders run in my family, and my father's alcoholism kind of took a toll for the worst, and I began turning to controlling my food and and my weight as a means to try to manage my anxiety and and sadness. And it progressed over the years to the point where I was throwing up about 20 times a night. Wow. The bulimia involves in taking a lot of food and then using some kind of compensatory behavior like over-exercising or vomiting or laxatives to get rid of the calories. Dare I say that the animals, a dog in particular, helped you recover? Completely. I had tried everything I knew. I had done therapy, medication. I'd went to a rehab center in the middle of the desert. I read every book I could get my hands on, and I just simply, I knew in my mind what to do. I could have written a book on how to recover from an eating disorder, <laughs> but, you know, I just couldn't do it. And my life really didn't change until I got a job working at the San Diego Humane Society, and I found very quickly that the one thing I could do when I felt overwhelmed, when I felt like I needed to eat a box of cupcakes, was go into a dog kennel and sit. And I would usually sit with a big dog, a shepherd or a pit bull or a lab, and they would, you know, just be so excited to see me. They'd sit on my lap and they would... They would hold me down. They would center me. They would. I would hold on to them physically until I felt the urge pass. And that love and non-judgment, I could say things to them that I could never even say alone in a room or to a therapist. But with the animals, somehow I just I felt so much more free than I'd ever been. Were there any dogs in particular that made a big difference? Oh yes, Tell there me was about one um, named Sunny who's actually on my book cover. And she was a 10-month-old pit bull I found in the very back corner of a Los Angeles shelter. She was completely emaciated, and it looked like someone had taken a hammer to her tail. It was broken in four places. And every day, she would put her nose through the bars, and she just stood there. No matter how hot it was in the L.A. summer heat, she just stood at the front of the bars. And, you know, when I first met her, I just thought, you know, that's so different from how I was when I was in pain or when I was suffering. I hid, you know, I hid in the food, I hid in the eating disorder, but here's this dog just saying, please help me, being so vulnerable. And so I got to know her, and what was incredible is this was a very run-down shelter, so the dogs had nothing but a water bowl, and that's it. 
They didn't have toys. They didn't have bedding. They had nothing. And Sonny had obviously been traumatized, obviously very abused early in life. And, you know, most dogs behaved like I would behave in, in a kennel like that. They deteriorated mentally and physically. They, you know, they were separated from all the things that make them feel alive and like a dog, from smells, from human interaction, from walks, from grass, you know. And, and so most of the dogs, understandably, would start to deteriorate, just start to pace back and forth or stop eating and, and Sunny actually began to heal in this devastating space. She she ate for the she she wasn't eating at first, and she ate out of the palm of my hand for the first time. And then she was afraid of her reflection in her water bowl, <laughs> so she wasn't drinking. It was like she thought this scary big dog was in her way. She would hover over the water bowl and look down, and then see herself and go, "Oh my God!" and back away. And one day, it was like 100 degrees, and I watched her just finally, she hovered over the bowl, she looked down, and I swear, it was like she just made a decision. She was like, screw it, and she dunked her face in, and she drank and drank and drank and gave her body that nourishment. And, you know, I just kept watching these incredible, this just resilience, her facing her fears, her doing the hard thing. And um, Did you see yourself in her? Totally, you know, it was like when she drank for the first time, that was like when I started eating for the first time wow. and, and, and kept it down and said, you know what, I'm going to do the hard thing, the thing that makes me uncomfortable, the thing that scares me, you know, and, and that's what recovering from an eating disorder is all about. I mean, it sounds very crazy. I'm, I'm, I'll celebrate seven years free from bulimia in just a few days. And I look back and yeah. I say, how could I have done that to myself? But, it's a mental disorder. It's actually the most fatal of all mental disorders, our eating disorders. And 20 million women in this country and 10 million men suffer. Of all, And we're talking all ages. Well, I think what's inspirational is how you the, the animals help you and you help the animals. And it's uh, there's a synergy going on there. And i got to say, you know, for you it was bulimia. But for someone else it may be a completely different disorder or disease. Right. And animals always seem to be uh, there to help. Definitely. I get emails from people struggling with PTSD or depression or grief, and they all say the same thing. You know, my story is not that unique. It's, it's animals are healing. Well, it's a wonderful story, and you've chronicled it in Pound for Pound, a story of one woman's recovery and the shelter dogs who loved her back to life. Shannon Cop is our guest. I have five copies to give away right now at one 866 405 Eight four zero five. Thanks so much for having me. I love you. I love your show, and and I really appreciate being on. Well, there you go. It has flown by once again. Thank you so much for spending time with us, and I hope you'll do it again next weekend right here on this great station. Don't forget to visit animalradio.pet and download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You'll love it. Bye bye bye. Enjoy your long weekend. This is Animal, Animal Radio Network. Network.